to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Now, we are continuing with Catching it. We are continuing with catching it. Catching it. Praise God. And last time we ended by referring to the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. That's where we ended last time. And we've read the parable of the sower, right? We find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and does John have it as well? It might have it. It's one of those that might actually be in all of them. But there is something interesting that we see in, perhaps let's look at Luke 8 and verse 11. Let's look at Luke 8 and verse 11. Luke 8 verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So the parable is this, that the seed is the word of God. And today I want us to understand something that will really propel you. You know, many of the greatest impartations that a person receives comes in an environment where either the Spirit of God is moving mightily or they are hearing the word. And more often than not, several Like, you know where you grow rapidly 
it can usually be traced to a word that you heard. Let me tell you what I mean. I've laid hands on many people. I've, where the power of God comes upon someone, they do 32 somersaults and the like. But I've noticed if they don't have the word in them, they rarely catch it. As a matter of fact, I've had people come to me for mentorship and they think that what happens when they come is that every day will be, take it, come again, take it. That one is for healing bronchitis. Come again, take it. That one is for healing this. That's how they think it is. And many of them struggle because they discover that many of the depths are discovered as the word of wisdom is shared. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2? And I want you to see what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, Declaring to you the testimony of God. Uh -huh. For I determined to not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. When I have in a ministry class one day, remind me to share more on that verse. It will help you. Next verse. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Next verse. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power. A few things we see first about Paul is that, you know, I've heard people use this verse to say, look, look, it's not about teaching, it's about power. Interestingly, that power was mainly displayed through his speech and his teaching. So the word of God has to be there. But notice he says, your introduction to this thing was an introduction of power. But look at the next verse. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Then he says, give it to me. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. So as a person is maturing, it's not enough to just impart on them through laying of hands. They need the message of wisdom. And that's usually where people catch it. We are going somewhere today. <laughs> we are going. He says we speak the we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody first came here, and their first encounter was a power encounter. Perhaps they needed a word that would break the ice in their heart, and they give their life to Christ. Perhaps they needed a word that would melt that cancer. Perhaps they needed a word that would take out that anxiety, that would take out that depression. The question is, after they've experienced that, what, what's next? They need the message of wisdom. You know what the message of wisdom would do for them? The message of wisdom would turn them from being a receiver to being a giver. Because that's... <laughs> let me know what I mean. It means if you came here, and you needed salvation, and you heard the word of God that broke the ice in your heart and you got saved. As you continue to grab a hold of this word, 
that word should turn you into somebody who does the very same thing for other people. That's how the message of wisdom works. Someone may say, but Apostle, is in church or hospital. Who says everyone goes to hospital because they are sick? <laughs> Why do you think medical students go to the hospital? <laughs> Why do you think they go there? <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Hey! <laughs> Let's continue. We are just starting. We are just getting started. Tonight, I was asking a question. I, I was with the team that was with me back in the office, and I kept asking them questions because I was reflecting before coming here. And I was thinking about the people that in the ministry the people that have caught it. That's what I was thinking about. The people that have caught it. And by the way, as a pastor, you can tell who's caught it. You can tell who's trying to catch it. That you can tell who's put soap on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was, I was looking at all that, and I asked them a question. I said, if I asked you to produce a disciple today, how would you do it? I asked them saying, how are disciples produced? How exactly is a disciple produced? And I told them, I've had people who I've prayed for, they've fallen down, received the power of God, and I've gone to still go do silly things. The same day. I asked, saying, how are disciples produced? How many of you remember when handkerchiefs and aprons were taken off poor? Did those handkerchiefs and aprons produce disciples? No, they casted out demons and healed sicknesses. How exactly are disciples produced? If you want to find the verse which talks about handkerchiefs and aprons, you will see Acts 19 verse 12. You observe that in Acts 19 verse 12, notice this, the Bible says the Lord did unusual uh, miracles through the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons, you see as we go on, were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. But interestingly, that was not the peak of the revival. If you want to find the peak of that revival, verse 20, So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. What am I trying to say? It would be very sad. It would be very sad if you come to a ministry like this one and the only thing you're hoping for is that one day I can get this handkerchief and give it to you and say this is your mantle now from today onwards. The handkerchief can have the intelligence to receive of the anointed. I'm telling you, I've, I don't, I've seen that demonstration so many times. I've done it so many times before. I can lay hands on this thing, put it on our person, and the power of God hits them. I'm t I've seen that, of course. But that won't produce a disciple. We are still going somewhere. That won't produce a disciple. Let me not get ahead of myself. If you are believing that one day I'll come here and give you all a bottle of oil, then go home with this. 
It can do whatever we tell it to do, but it won't produce a disciple. As a matter of fact, if you get too addicted to that stuff, you have shrines. This one is for favor. This one is for keeping me safe at night. This one keeps me safe in the morning. And you know one of the reasons why deliberately I've avoided those things? Can I tell you? The biggest struggle I've observed with many people who've gotten so used to that is the day the oil finishes, their God has finished. You find someone has a finite image of God, and as the oil is running out, their faith is finishing. Then what happens the day it's gone? What do they have left? What to protect them? And Satan is funny. He'll enter a lizard and tell the lizard to go hit it. <laughs> and it falls down. Because he knows that's where the person's faith is. How are disciples really produced? How? How? Let's go to the scriptures. Now, the first thing I want you to understand, seeing as we already know that the word is this, the seed is the word, and remember this word is the one that goes into the ground, and then if the ground catches it nicely, it produces fruit. I want us to understand that the word of God is spiritual. The word of God is spiritual. Take that in mind. The word of God is spiritual. That's why this session is different from a lecture. Because the word of God is spiritual. That's why you find uh, society thought that the more education increases, the more good people will increase. Because the thought was that education will produce good people with good morals and good values. But interestingly, it has helped actually bring about a few educated fools. Sometimes it has empowered very foolish people. I don't know if somebody is getting what I'm trying to say. But how come when this word of God enters a person, something changes? Let's continue. Now, the word of God is spiritual. John 6 and verse 63. The Bible says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So the word of God is spiritual. Notice that Jesus says the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now, what do you think is happening to you as you're seated in this environment and hearing the word of God the way it's been taught? The word of God is spiritual. Jesus is with, is with the disciples. They ask, who do men say that I am? And then the disciples say, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this. And they are giving very good opinions. All of a sudden, Peter says something inspired by God, and he says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus was able to recognize his Father and say, Flesh and blood, blessed are you, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Jesus could recognize his Father through words. Interestingly, the same chapter, 
the same chapter, Jesus begins to talk about the things that he was going to suffer because the Christ had to suffer. And that's Matthew 16, by the way, if you want to know. You can read from verse 16 going down. The same chapter, Peter takes the same Peter who spoke, same chapter, takes Jesus aside and says, ah, you don't, and rebuked him actually, and said, no, you don't have to suffer all those things. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. How real were words to Jesus? That he literally says, now this is Satan. How could he tell it was Satan, the words? He says, ah, get behind me. He didn't even say, get behind me, words of Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. Hey. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do you think you can separate a man from his words? The moment you separate a man from his words and that person lacks integrity. You're aware of that, right? Then the person lacks integrity. I gave you an example the other time that once a letter came out and the head of state said it was a public holiday, you were not going to separate him from his words. What are you exposing yourself to right now? Who are you hearing right now? The more we grow in these things, you value any interaction with the word of God. Whether you're studying the Bible for yourself, whether you're listening to your pastor, whether you're even listening to someone you've pastored, you'll be able to recognize saying, hey, that's now my father talking. Then at the same time, the more you interact with this, the more you will learn to take heed what you hear. You will not say it's just a song. You will not say it's just words. You will learn to take heed what you hear. A musician writes a song about how there are so many wonderful women in Osaka. I'm using the word wonderful because probably that musician would use some sexual noodles, right? To describe them. Whose words are those? Who's singing to you at that point? No, honestly, whose words are those? Whose words are those? Because the moment you're listening to that, you're training yourself to see the women like that. Who wants you to see women like that? So those are the words of Satan. And you're listening to Satan's song. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Training yourself to be unfaithful. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that as the word of God is being spoken, the word is spiritual. Every time the word of God is being spoken, there is something available for you to receive. Every time the word of God is being spoken, there is something available for you to receive. Look at Luke chapter 5. And I want you to see verse 17. 
Every time the word is being spoken, there is something available for you to receive. So you can walk out of a meeting like this a totally different person. Because every time the word is spoken, there is something for you to receive. That's why I get surprised. You can't be in church six months. You've never, even just once, just also just said, Amen. <laughs> even if it's just a law fainted, Amen. <laughs> you have to train yourself that the word of God should excite you. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> you know, um, some of you may be wondering, every now and then I'll say something like, hey, you know where that started from? It's said from reading the Bible. I'll just be seated reading the Bible. I'm like, hey! <laughs> okay. Now, follow me. Follow me. We're still talking about catching it. Catching what? Clearly, we catch the word. And we've just realized that the word of God is spirit. The word of God is spiritual. Someone can believe in a certain way and they can try all sorts of things to stop. And then the moment they hear the word which is saying, don't do this, somehow the grace to not do it is released. <laughs> because the word of God is spiritual. Someone can decide to be poor their whole life and then they hear the word of God saying the grace of God <laughs> which Jesus has given makes men rich. Others can decide to argue with it and think maybe it brings spiritual riches. Perhaps Jesus also became spiritually poor. I don't know. Others can say, that's my word. And with that word, do you know the mighty things they can do? Suddenly their thinking changes. They're now looking for opportunities to manifest that word. Wait, let's continue. Now, it happened on a certain... I haven't done this exercise in a while. I really need you guys to do me a favor, okay? Just do me a favor. Sometimes... You know, with the way the media puts their light in, sometimes I'm not able to see all the words clearly. So if I just happen to read it wrongly, feel free to correct me, okay? Sometimes, you know, I do this exercise, training you to take in what you hear. Because not everything, okay. Now it happened on a special service. Really? Now it happened during a conference. Okay. Now, it happened on the high Sabbath. No. Mm. Now, it happened when Jesus wore a fancy suit. No. Are you serious? Because, you know, uh, we do different conferences and God gives us grace for them and you find there's a different, everything has got its own uh, moment. But what if somebody could have the same hunger they have when we tell them we're using a bigger hall and we'll wear fancier suits and we'll do our hair? <laughs> what if somebody could see a cell meeting the same way and come with the same hunger? What if somebody could attend their campus fellowship meeting the same way, with the same hunger. What if that's the way someone sees foundation class? What if that's the way somebody sees the orientation class? What do you think they'll receive from that? Anyways, let's read. So, since you've corrected me, it happened on? You never know which day is the day God has packaged something for your lifting. And I don't know about you, but for me, 
The day God packaged for my lifting is a day called today. I was telling someone that when we said day of progress, we are not saying that that's the only day for progress. What we're saying is that as long as there will ever be a day called today, the grace for progress is there. Now, it says it happened on a certain day. Some of the most mightiest things can come in very ordinary atmospheres. For someone, they may have been seeing it just like, oh, this is just another day, and it's just another rabbi, and it's just another message. Uh, but it says on a certain day, as he was teaching, what was he doing? He was teaching. So what was going on? The word of God is there. And then it says that they were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. For them, it was just another day. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. But there was something special as he was teaching. It says the power of the Lord was present to heal. I said it happened. <laughs> it came to pass. What if that's your usher's training meeting? <laughs> what if that's the one? And it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Next verse. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. This wasn't even advertised as a healing meeting. And as a matter of fact, we don't even know the topic Jesus was teaching. He may not even have been teaching about healing. We, 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 on, we don't know the topic he was teaching. And it says, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. That's very unordinary. No one goes to a service, a Jewish service like that, to do that. Next verse. And when they could not find how they would bring him in because of the crowd, they went out on a housetop and let him down with his bed through the tilling into the midst before Jesus. Find yourself such friends. <laughs> Find yourself such friends. Let's go on. When he saw their faith, what Jesus, even his eyes were turned to the spiritual antenna. By the way, do you know that the word of God searches? In every meeting, the word of God searches. Are you aware? There was a crowd, but there's a faith he saw. You know the word of God searches. The word of God searches. Hebrews 4, we'll come back here. Look at verse 12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. That's why as you're in an environment of the word of God, if you've been think, maybe you've been planning to make a decision, but your emotions have overwhelmed you. Notice when you're in an environment of the word of God, it's easy for you to know this is me, this is God. Because the word of God can, can divide soul spirit. Does an operation. You even know this is me, this is God. And notice it says, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So as I'm speaking right now, the word of God is going around. Searching. Searching the thoughts. Searching the hearts. Haven't you observed, you find that you're in a service like this, we're talking, we're talking, suddenly your situation is mentioned even as a joke. Why? It means the word of God was searching. <laughs> I was amazed. You know, I was, I was amazed. There's somebody who, um, 
I was speaking to, they got born again, I think on Sunday, so I was speaking to them yesterday. And they were telling me they hadn't been to church for years. They hadn't been to church for a while. But they were having challenges with their health. They come and they sit and they say, I'm talking about divine health. What do you think that is? What do you think that is? I can tell you testimony after testimony that I've heard like this one. There, there are certain days, maybe God has said, when you reach, say this. But then there are moments where you say unplanned things. For that matter, you even forget about them. And they can even be life or death moments because the word of God searches. That's why there should be no disturbances during the word of God. You better think twice before you walk out as the word of God is being preached. What if you're missing your part? What if you're, mo you're missing the most vital instruction? Surely when you go to an exam and they tell you you can't walk out for one hour, 30 minutes, somehow you discipline your body not to do that. As a matter of fact, in an exam, even if you had to walk out to go to the bathroom, every minute is calculated. Because the minute of walking out to the bathroom, you, you are reducing on your time to finish the exam. It's critical. It must take a serious situation for you to do that. The word of God is critical. And that's also another reason why you wouldn't want to disturb the preacher by turning on your phone. <laughs> and walking out saying, hello. <laughs> that's disrespect to the word of God. If the president was standing here and speaking, maybe it's a, an important national address, what do you think would be done to the man who does that? If it was caught... If you were in court and the judge is speaking, from what I'm told, if you're in court and that happens, people run out because once they grab a hold of them, it's contempt. And I, the word contempt of court has become a very popular <laughs> phrase of late. I don't know if you know that, that if you're in court and your phone rings, it's a big issue. Because the judge is speaking, he's too important for you to have your phone on. The word of God standing before you speaking the word of god the word of god someone would say pastor i forgot stop forgetting stop forgetting if your phone was to ring during an exam you can be expelled because of your forgetfulness no don't make certain mistakes so it says it it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart I'll never forget someone very precious to me. One time coming to me and saying, Pastor, there's a meeting I came for. That meeting I came to cheer you on. But deep down I was thinking of, they were thinking of taking their life. And they said to God, if Pastor, as he's preaching, is to say A, B, C, D, then I'll know. That A, B, C, D. And guess what pastor does? Says A, B, C, D. What's going on there? The word of God is searching, discerning. Go back to Luke 5. So on a certain day, we're now in verse 19 somewhere there. Eh? Huh? We're now in verse 19. Verse 20. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Next verse. 
and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, who is this who speaks and blasphemes, who can forgive sins but God alone? The same meeting, someone is catching something that can bring strength to their paralysis. At the same time, another person is disputing. That means the disposition of your heart will determine whether you catch it or not. You may be here at the City of the Lord Church, maybe you may have just joined or you may have been here for a while. And there are certain people that you admire as these are the ones on fire. These are the ones like this. These are the ones like this. They sat down in ordinary meetings such as this one. As a matter of fact, no meeting is ordinary. On ordinary days such as this one. Some of them would tell you that it wasn't even in a meeting as like this where it's even a bit more organized. Some of them sat down and were in the living room. Others sat down on the floor. Others were outside. Others heard a podcast. Others watched a video when our quality for videos was so horrible. Sound was always echoing and echoing. But in those echoes, there was something the word of God was doing to them. There was something the word of God was turning them into. If you want to know where the people who you... You are in the environment where people who caught it, caught it. And that environment is the environment of the word. As I end, let me say this. When you look at Romans 10, the Bible, Paul is teaching how to catch salvation. Even, even salvation itself, this is the way it comes. Then it means everything else about it comes the same way. Paul is teaching how to catch salvation. And look at Romans 10, look at verse 7. I, I just want you to follow this very, very quickly. Let's go verse 8. It says, firstly, the earlier argument is who is going to descend to the abyss to bring Jesus Christ from the dead. Meaning none of us went and raised him from the dead. So then how did we get saved? He says, but what does it say? What's the key to being saved? What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So as we preach, at that point, the word is near you. The word is near you. The word is near you. And it's ready to bring that thing. And then the very next verse then says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, what brings about that confession? The word which is near you. If the word can... <laughs> and then look at the results. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Go back. You will be saved. Next verse. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you keep reading the argument, he's explaining on faith. We'll go to verse 17. If you keep reading the argument, he's talking, how will they hear without a preacher? Right? And then verse 17, then he says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You want your faith to grow? You don't come and say, Pastor, pray for me that my faith may grow. No, that's not how it comes. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you want to be a mature believer? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How would we know if someone from the city has caught it? What do they catch? They catch it by hearing and hearing by the word. Stand up. Let's confess something. Is there any person, firstly, who's heard the word of God today? And this word is near you. It's here for your salvation. Is there someone who's heard the word of God today and wants to give their life to Christ? You want to be born again? You want to confess you want to confess. You want to respond to this word by confessing Jesus as Lord. If you're in that position, raise your hand. 
Anyone here who's heard the word and wants to give their life to Christ? Just I'll give you a minute. I see that hand. Come, please. Some of you, it can be a rededication. Perhaps, perhaps, you were brought up in the faith, but you lost it. The only solution is to respond to the word. The word wants to be responded to. Okay? How is Jesus knocking? By the word. So is there any person who that's their position? Just raise your hand quickly. I'll give you a second. Anyone? Wonderful. With those who are online and my brother over here, I want you to lift your hands and say it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I, be I believe you came in the flesh. You died. You were buried. And you rose again. I give you my life. And from today, I'm born again. Amen. Congratulations. Okay. Otherwise, if you're listening to the podcast and you've just given your life to Christ, I want you to fill in the salvation form. But if you are watching and you've just given your life to Christ, um, quickly, quickly just comment with your number or you can inbox us and that will be sorted. But I'm sure by Sunday, the same way we put the link for joining the church, we'll also put the link for salvation. As a matter of fact, media can see me immediately after this. Praise God. Now, say after me, say in the name of Jesus, I've got eyes to see. I've got ears to hear. Say of Jesus, the word of God has freedom in me. Say in the name of Jesus, I am good ground for the word. Say I have caught it. I have caught it in the name of Jesus. Say the word is working in me. It's working in my life. It's working on my body. It's working on my mind. It's working on my heart. In the love of Jesus. Hey. Praise God. Let's give our offerings very quickly. Let's give our offerings very quickly. service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on zero triple seven nine three zero eight eight two if you are unable to call you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.